This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Monday, or excuse me, Monday. It's a Tuesday morning wake-up call, the 29th day of June 2021. Thanks for spending some time with us. Another steamy day here in the Northeast, and if you're in the Northwest, it's even worse out there. I thought it was bad here. I uh, got to 96 yesterday, but temperatures have been in triple digits uh, 30 degrees above normal in uh, Oregon and Washington. Just ridiculous. Uh, so uh, stay cool out there and uh, uh, stay cool here in the Northeast. We've got some relief coming finally on uh, Wednesday. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, some thunderstorms supposed to come through in the afternoon, and uh, it's going to cool things off. Uh, all right. Um, I'm on a hot day and a hot uh, week, I guess. Why don't we start with hockey? <laughs> Let's go to the ice. Uh, the Stanley Cup finals started last night. And the Tampa Bay Lightning with a statement last night, 5-1. They just destroyed the Montreal Canadiens last night. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, who missed the regular season uh, with a hip injury, had to have uh, surgery. Um, He has been absolutely incredible in the playoffs. Last night, two goals and an assist. He has 30 points in 18 games in the playoffs. Seven goals and 23 assists uh, to help his team uh, beat the hell out of the Canadians last night. And look, a couple of the goals that the Canadians score, I mean, that the uh, Lightning scored, you know, were kind of, um, I don't want to say they're fluky. One of them certainly was. Uh, but the other one, Price never, the goaltender for Montreal never had a chance. Didn't see it. It actually looked like it def- uh, deflected off of a defender in front of the net. He had no chance on that one. There was another um, uh, fluky one out in front when uh, one of the Canadians' defensemen tried to bat the the uh, puck down with his hand and, and wound up going into the net, deflected it past Price. So it just. Uh, but at the end of the day, Tampa just outskated him last night. It wasn't even close. So game two will be Wednesday night in Tampa. Uh, And again, I do not expect that. uh, I don't expect this series to be much of a series. At the same time, we didn't expect Montreal to get here. They had the worst record of any team getting into the playoffs. Um, Everybody has counted them out the entire playoffs. They were down uh, to Toronto, came back and won three straight to win that series to, to even advance to the second round. So I can't count them out, but I find it hard to believe that the Lightning will lose this series. Stranger things have happened. Uh, one other quick hockey note. Gary Bettman had a press conference yesterday going into the start of the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, it sounds like we might be looking at another Winter Olympics without NHL players 
participating. And that, to me, is unfortunate. They were not in the 2018 Olympics. The 2022 Olympics are scheduled for Beijing. Look, it is a disservice to the world to not have the NHL players there. And it kills the United States. Um, and, and it kills Canadian the Canadians as well. Because there are so many foreign players in their professional leagues over there that will be able to play, you know, whereas here in the in North America, the best players are tied up in the NHL. And if they can't go to the Olympics, I think that's unfortunate. So I hope they figure it out. But Bettman said that, you know, they are already past the point where they thought they would have had this worked out. And he's kind of pessimistic. He said they're trying to stay flexible about it, but it means shutting down the league for two weeks. Not sure that's a great idea. He says, uh, you know, hey, look, uh, I, I, I'm at least pleased that he's living up to his commitment. When they pulled out in 2018, he left the door open, said we're going to work, you know, as hard as we can to try to get, you know, the players to the Olympics. It was a big part of of the collective bargaining agreement with the NHL Players Association last summer. They want to they want to participate. You know, that's the thing. Gary Bettman can say whatever he wants. The players want to go. So to me, you let them go. And do you do you have to shut down the league? Not necessarily. If you make it so that the players can go, you could still continue to play the games and use minor league players to fill the holes of the stars that go. But I can understand why you wouldn't want to do that, especially if people are buying tickets that are expensive, you know, and going to end up going to games that don't really count, you know, or or in the in the fans' minds won't count because they didn't get to see the best players. I mean, they'll count in the standings, but I don't think they'll do that. But they could. I mean, if they're really that concerned about shutting it down for two weeks, if that's their big concern. But uh, anyway, so uh, I hope they work that out because I think it's important. It, you know, look, it goes back to the the whole thing. Um, you know, with the United States years ago when we didn't have professional players, we only had college players playing in the basketball tournament and you had all these professionals from leagues across the world and it was difficult for the United States to compete. I mean, they still won, but it was, you know, it was getting more and more difficult because the foreign players were getting better and better. And finally, the United States said enough, enough and we saw the dream team. We all remember what happened then, and it's been domination by the United States since then, and it should continue to be because you've got to be able to send your best athletes. You know, I the, the days of it's all about amateur athletes are long over. If you're going to have an Olympic Games, it should be your best athletes, whether they're professionals, whether they're amateurs, whatever. You send your best. So, anyway, I hope they, I hope they figure it out. Um, we're going to get to baseball here in a second. One other quick note from last night. Um, the Los Angeles Clippers kept their hopes alive uh, of getting into the NBA Finals. They beat the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix last night, 116-102. to Paul George with a playoff career high last night. He had 41. Uh, Reggie Jackson, not that Reggie Jackson. <laughs> Reggie Jackson had 23. And the Clippers uh, uh, still alive. Game 6 is Wednesday. It's in Los Angeles. Now, look, this is a Clippers team that people, just like the Montreal Canadiens in hockey, where teams, you know, were kind of discounting them. But this is a Clippers team that has come back from 2-0 deficits twice in this series, uh, in this this tournament. They beat the Mavericks down 2-0. They beat the Jazz down 2-0. You know, down 3-1 to the Suns, coming back and winning three straight, you know, might be difficult, especially considering... 
uh, that they don't have Kawhi Leonard. Uh, they don't have Zubak. Um, he has an M- MCL sprain in his right knee. So they were uh, undermanned as it was. But don't count them out. If they win game six on Wednesday, you know, who knows? Who knows? All right, uh, baseball. Before we get to the actual games on the field, and, you know, as you know, I don't say a lot of nice things about the New York Yankees. <laughs> but this uh, was a wonderful wonderful story and the Yankees are to be commended uh, for what they did last night uh, for this woman named uh, Gwen Goldman who is a 70 year old grandmother from Westport Connecticut back when she was 10 years old in 1961 she wrote a letter uh, to the New York Yankees asking to be a bat girl at the time there were no bat girls it was bat boys but her father encouraged her she was a huge Yankee fan so her dad encouraged her and she sent a letter off to the Yankees and got a reply um, from the general manager at the time. And it said, you know, while we agree with you, the girls are certainly as capable of boys. He said, I'm sure you can understand that in a game dominated by men, a young lady such as yourself would feel out of place in a dugout. Well, so she got it back. It was on Yankee letterhead. She kept it her entire life. And her daughter got a hold of it. And sent a copy of it to the New York Yankees uh, not long ago. And Brian Cashman, and again, uh, this is just great. I mean, Cashman uh, sent a letter to her on official letterhead that came back and said, although your long ago correspondence uh, took place 60 years ago, and he said, by the way, six years before I was born, <laughs> way to go, Brian. He said, I feel compelled to uh, resurrect your original request and do what I can to bring your childhood dream to life. So last night, Gwen Goldman was an honorary Batgirl for the New York Yankees. It was so cool. Uh, she, they gave her a uniform. Uh, she threw out the first pitch. She brought the lineup out uh, to home plate, posed for pictures, uh, brought the balls out at one point a couple of times when they needed to replenish balls to the umpire, brought those out. Uh, just a great, great story. Uh, they had video of uh, an interview with her. She was literally in tears. She was so excited. She's such a huge Yankee fan. Uh, and uh, way to go, New York Yankees. You know, uh, just just a great, great story. You know, and I love the fact that the players embraced her. Garrett Cole and um, uh, so many of the players. Uh, made a point of going over and, and saying hello to her and uh, congratulating her. And David Cohn actually went out, the now you know former pitcher, now broadcaster, went out before the game and gave her some tips on how to throw the first pitch. And uh, just great. Uh, you know, hey, you loved this. And I don't care what team it is. You know, I mean, I just, uh, it, it's just a great story. So that was cool. So now let's get to what happened on the field yesterday. Uh, you know, and let's start. Why not? since we were just congratulating the Yankees on what they did uh, for Gwen Goldman. Then, uh, unfortunately for the Yankees, Gwen Goldman's uh, uh, appearance did not bring the Yankees luck. The Los Angeles Angels came in yesterday and beat the Yankees in Yankee Stadium 5-3. to three. Shohei Otane with an absolute bomb. Uh, his 26th home run of the season. And uh, it came off of uh, starter Michael King, who has been dreadful in the first inning. 
it went out at like 117 miles an hour. Not that I'm big on that stuff, but who cares? But in, they ended up scoring two runs in the inning. Uh, Jared Walsh also had an RBI double. Michael King has an ERA of 15 in the first inning of his six starts. 15, but 1.88 in the rest of the innings when he pitches. So if he could figure out a way to get past the first inning, he'd be in great shape. It's kind of like the Red Sox with Garrett Richards, and we'll get to him in a minute. Um, but And this was a game uh, where you were worried that perhaps the Angels were in trouble. Why? Well, their starter last night was Dylan Bundy. And Bundy lasted an inning and two-thirds, gave up four hits and two runs. He gave up a run in the first and uh, then gave up a run in the second on a home run by Gio Urshela. And then you could see he wasn't right. He was sweating like crazy. His face was really flushed. And then all of a sudden, with DJ LeMayhew at the plate, he hurls all over the infield. You know, he, he, he threw up a little bit, and then all of a sudden he threw up a lot. And it was like, oh, my God. He had to leave the game with uh, heat exhaustion. It was, you know, look, it was 95 degrees in Yankee Stadium. And if you're in, if you've ever been to uh, a baseball field if, or like Yankee Stadium, if you've ever been down on the field when it's hot, because of the way the stadiums are shaped, the heat kind of stays in on the field. So it may be 95 out. It's even hotter down on the field. And so uh, he was in bad shape. They had to get him out of the game. And so now you're like, great, our starter's out. We're playing the Yankees on the road. We are in big, big trouble. Uh, fortunately, by the way, uh, you know, Bundy's going to be okay. They, they got some fluids into him. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. And look, uh, it, it's a problem that a lot of teams. I don't. You don't usually see a guy throwing up on the mound, but you see a lot of guys deal. You know, have trouble dealing with heat like that. I remember years ago in Texas, they had to change game times because the heat had gotten so bad that you know guys were getting sick. You know, j just imagine if there was a baseball game uh, scheduled to be played outdoors in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, at least in Seattle, if it gets to a hundred degrees, they can close the roof. Uh, but can you imagine, you know, in hundred and it was like 107 degrees in Portland the other day if there had been a baseball game going on there? It would have been brutal. So anyway, so they look like they're in big trouble. They have to bring in uh, a lefty, Jose Suarez, out of the bullpen. He pitches five and a third innings, only gives up two hits and a run, strikes out five. It was the longest um, relief appearance uh, of his career, of his young career. And he was great. And he ends up picking up the win 3-1 to one, uh, because the Yankees were never able to recover uh, completely. The Angels got another run in the fifth uh, and then single runs in the sixth and seventh. The insurance run in the seventh was huge. Um, and that one came off of uh, Chad Green. And uh, Juan Lagares, his second home run of the year in the sixth inning, and the Angels win this one. And look, the Angels had struggled at Yankee Stadium. Shohei Otani... Hadn't appeared in Yankee Stadium in three years, but he was 0 for 9 in Yankee Stadium. So, uh, obviously, that home run was huge for him. Uh, the Angels had just lost five in a row. Wasn't looking good. Uh, so, uh, a big win last night for the Angels. Not so much. Look, it's not going to improve the Angels' chances with the um, Astros and A's doing what they are in the West. And uh, 
the announcement yesterday that Mike Trout was transferred to the 60-day IL, which means he is out until after the All-Star break. The earliest he could come back now is July the 17th. So a team that's already struggling uh, and is two games under 500, and you don't have your best player on it, you know, for another three weeks at best. That strained right calf has has gotten you know has not responded as quickly as they had hoped. So game two of the series tonight, Jamison Tyon will start for the Yankees. Uh, he's got an ERA of over five. Andrew Heaney will get the start for the Angels. He's four and five with a four seven two. Yankees need to bounce back. They've lost four in a row. They are now just two games over 500. And uh, after last night, they are seven and a half back of the Boston Red Sox. Seven and a half. There's six and a half behind the Rays in second place, and Toronto's a game ahead of them. I mean, this is a team that if they don't turn this around, as somebody mentioned this morning, this is a team that could be out of contention, theoretically, by the All-Star break. Now, I don't see that happening because even if the Yankees were to be, let's say we get to the All-Star break and they're 10, 11 games back, with the talent that this team has, they could go on a run at any time and get themselves right back into it. So I'm not, you know, I don't know that you're ever going to feel like this Yankee team is out of contention. Uh, Darren O'Day is going to be activated today. He has been out since the 29th of April with a strained uh, rotator cuff. Uh, be great to get him back. He's murder against uh, right-handed hitters. And uh, Justin Wilson is also likely to be activated today. Zach Britton had an MRI on his knee. Uh, no reports on how bad that was, but he had just come back, and uh, now to have him out again is an absolute killer. But uh, I, I don't, I'm not buying in that the Yankees will be out of contention, even if the slide continues. And now the Red Sox. And uh, where do I start? Well, we can start with the way Garrett Richards started. He was absolutely hideous. And I am tired of hearing about how he has to reinvent himself and about how, you know, woe is me. They took away my sticky stuff, so I can't, I can't pitch anymore. Uh, you know, I don't want to hear that. You are a professional athlete, this, you're not, and you're not a rookie. You've been in the league for nine years. So I don't want to hear that crap. But last night, here we go again, two innings into the game, and Garrett Richards is down 5-1. to one. It was essentially batting practice against the Kansas City Royals. It was disgusting. I mean, uh, you know, first inning. They had three straight hits to open the game, back-to-back -back singles, and then Carlos Santana... Uh, crushed a slider over the Royals' bullpen, and it's 3 nothing. And, you know, and even the outs were loud in that inning. So it's 3 nothing at the end of one. For the second straight game, Kike Hernandez hits a leadoff home run. You know, suddenly he's starting to figure things out. He had a couple of hits. I still don't think he's a leadoff hitter, but we're, we'll take it. Uh, a couple of hits last night, including the home run. In the third, so all right, so it's three to one. Here we go into the second inning. You know, you think you're in great shape. Uh, 
Solo home runs by Michael Taylor at Whit Merrifield, and it's 5-1. And you're like, you have got to be kidding me. And you know, look, the Red Sox scratched and clawed. They managed to get another run back in the second inning because Bobby Dahlback hit his 10th home run of the season. You know, uh, great. You know, and Dahlbeck with a couple of hits yesterday. But again, you're like, now we're going into the third inning and you're you're scared to death. Well, somehow, Garrett Richards manages to get through five and two-thirds innings. In the middle of the, the game, all of a sudden, he figures out how to do things differently. Now, a lot was being made of uh, after, I think it was after the second inning, Try to remember exactly when it was. Um, yeah, I think it was after the second inning. He went into the dugout and jammed his arm into a bucket of ice. I, I don't know if it had anything to do with it now, but he said he was trying to stop his arm from sweating. I mean, look, it was 95 degrees. It was you know 90% humidity. It was brutal. He said he was just trying to stop his arm from sweating. Well, all of a sudden, though, he comes out, and instead of throwing his normal repertoire of pitches... You know, usually with Richards, it's, you know, throws in the mid-90s the fastball. He's got a, an upper 80s slider. You know, and it, it, the, the, his curveball is nasty. Well, all of a sudden, he starts throwing a changeup. Cha- he, he didn't have a changeup. He said he learned the changeup four days ago. So he's starting to throw changeups. And then he's throwing these lollipop curveballs. His curveball is usually... Uh, something in the you know mid to upper seventies. He's throwing these lollipop curveballs that registered as low as sixty three miles an hour. He had never thrown a pitch in the majors under seventy three miles an hour. All of a sudden, yesterday he's throwing this junk. Well, this junk got him into the sixth inning. Two outs in the sixth inning after giving out a hit, they finally got him out of there. I guess the one thing you can say for Richards is he didn't walk anybody. But he gave up 11 hits at five and two-thirds. His line looked ugly. Five and two-thirds, 11 hits, five runs. Yet, he gave his team a chance to win. The Red Sox go to the bullpen, bring in Sawamura, who gets the final out um, of the sixth inning and pitches a scoreless seventh. And, of course, in the meantime, in the bottom of the sixth, Hunter Renfro hits his second home run of the game. Renfro all of a sudden has become a guy that you think should be in the All-Star game. He leads the major leagues in outfield assists. He's got 11 of those. And then after two homers last night, he's got 11 of those. He's got his batting average all the way up to 272. This is a guy that was hitting a buck 60 through the month of April. And now all of a sudden he's like a different player. And, uh, and again, the Red Sox bullpen, Josh Taylor comes on after Sawamura, another scoreless ap- appearance, which is ridiculous. It's his 23rd scoreless appearance in a row. Uh, Matt Bards comes on, pitches a perfect ninth inning, picks up his 17th save. And somehow the Red Sox, after being down five to one, win this game. And look, I will give Garrett Richards credit for gutting it out for not having his best stuff, figuring out a way to get through, you know, five and two-thirds, keeping the team in there after they were down a ton. But now he's got to go out. His next appearance, he's got to prove it again. You know, I mean, look, 
I was ready to throw things at my television last night in the second inning. You got, you know, I'm like, look, just release him. Please, I'm begging you, release him. Get Rick Porcello's phone number. He's sitting at home, doesn't have a contract. He can't be any worse than Garrett Richards. I was losing my mind. You know, and I'll give him credit for doing what he did, but I'm still not sold. But he has got to figure it out. Jesus. Uh, and, and look, you know, the Sox need to win this series. This is a Royals team that is reeling. You know, but a Royals team that won the series in Kansas City against the Sox. But this team has now lost six in a row. If you're the Sox, you have got to win this game again tonight. You know, you've got Nick Pavetta and Martin Perez going in the next two games, and the Sox have to win them. You know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, And then you have, uh, it's actually a four-game series, so they have another game at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday before they head to the West Coast where they have to play a very good Oakland team and then the Angels. The Angels are not real good, but they did beat the Yankees last night. You know, you look at the Red Sox schedule between now and the All-Star break, with the exception of those three games against the A's, you have to consider them all winnable games because after the Royals, they have the three in Oakland, then three in Los Angeles with the Angels, and then three at home with the Phillies. The Angels and the Phillies and the Royals are not good teams. You know, as somebody pointed out, they're not the Baltimore Orioles, but they're still teams that you should be able to beat if you are a contending team. Uh, and then the after the All-Star break, the, the schedule is murder. It's all Blue Jays, Yankees, and Rays for like three weeks. So you, get, you better get them now and build yourself a little bit of a cushion. But uh, uh, I just hope that whatever it is that Garrett Richards figured out in the middle of the game last night, he can carry that over to his next start which is going to be against the Oakland Athletics in Oakland on Sunday afternoon. The good news for Richards is is that Oakland is a pitcher-friendly ballpark. It takes a lot to get a ball out of there. So maybe that'll help him out a little bit. I don't know. Uh, And on the injury front for the Red Sox, they announced yesterday Christian Arroyo and Kevin Ploiecki, who are both on the IL, uh, are very close to coming back, and they probably will be... Uh, activated on Thursday when they're eligible to come off uh, the injured list, which means that uh, Connor Wong and Michael Chavis are likely headed back uh, to A Worcester. By the way, Chavis uh, did a nice job last night, a couple of nice plays in the field, and uh, had an RBI double last night. Uh, so, you know, since coming back up to take the place of Arroyo, he has done a pretty nice job. It's 32 minutes past the hour. We're going to take another break. We're back in a minute. Actually, we're going to take our first break. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. Just a reminder, no show tomorrow. I've got to go play RV Repairman again tomorrow, uh, so I will not be here tomorrow. But we will have shows on Thursday and Friday. Hope you can join us for those. Uh, so the Red Sox with the win last night. The Rays were off, so the Sox gain a half a game. They are now one full game up on Tampa. Uh, Toronto also off, so the Sox six and a half ahead of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, surprisingly, the Baltimore Orioles, the only other team to pick up a victory in the American League East last night, they beat the red-hot Houston Astros last night. Go figure. Uh, the Orioles use a five-run ninth inning 
to beat the Astros nine to seven. Uh, <laughs> the starters were uh, out of this one long before it was decided. Zach Greinke got the start for Houston last night and gave up three runs in five innings. Uh, but uh, it was the uh, bullpen that gave it up. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle had a homer and uh, three runs batted in for Baltimore in this one. But uh, Cedric Mullins started off a, a big ninth inning with a single and then uh, a home run by uh, Austin Hayes that broke the tie, a two-run shot. And uh, then they added on uh, a couple more off of Brandon Belock. Uh, including a two-run double by Pedro Severino. Houston tried to make a run in the bottom of the inning. Uh, they came up uh, with three in the bottom half. RBI singles from Miles Straw and uh, Robo Garcia, uh, and then a sacrifice fly by Jose Altuve. But Adam Plutko finally got the last two outs uh, to put an end to that one. <laughs> Paul Fry got the win despite the fact he gave up three runs and three hits in an inning and a third thanks to the offense. He uh, he uh, picks up the victory in this one, but uh, a rare victory for the Baltimore Orioles in this one. Uh, and uh, with the loss, uh, the Astros now a game and a half ahead of the idle Oakland Athletics. Uh, the Astros have lost two in a row. Stop the presses. Jose Orquidy will get the start uh, tonight against the Orioles. The Orioles have not yet named their starter. Uh, they're probably in too much of a shock to realize who else is on the team to figure out who's going to pitch tonight. But, uh, so that's, uh, that's what happened in the American league East. Now in the national league East, uh, the New York Mets lost to the Washington nationals last night. The Mets offense was, uh, non-existent for the first six innings. They got themselves back in it. Uh, but then a three run eighth inning, put it away. But the story of this game is Kyle Schwarber. And Kyle Schwarber hit two more home runs yesterday. He now has hit 15 home runs in a 17-day span. Nobody else in Major League Baseball history has ever hit that many home runs in that short a period of time. It's unbelievable. And he's got 11 homers in his last nine games, which is tied for the most in any nine-game span since 1901. The only other guy that's ever hit that many in 11 games was uh, Frank Howard did it for the Washington Senators back in 1968. But this guy is unconscious. And, you know, and and he's only a two... Look, he's only hitting 253 only. I mean, but still. Uh, and he claims he's not trying to hit home runs. He said he's just trying to make solid contact. Well, yes, yes, he is. Uh, He hit one uh, in the upper deck in right field in the first inning last night off of Jared Eikhoff that was just crushed. Um, uh, Eikhoff went the first six, gave up eight hits and five runs, and by then the Mets are down 5-0. They get one back uh, in the seventh. And then they score three in the eighth home runs by Pete Alonzo, his 12th, and McKinney hit his eighth. So it's a 5-4 game. Uh, but then the bullpen gives it up. Uh, Castro comes out of the bullpen and gives up uh, three runs uh, on two hits. He also walked the guy, had an error in the field behind him. But uh, it's unbelievable what Kyle Schwarber is doing. By the way, this was a makeup of a game that had been rained out a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Brandon Nimmo 
is uh, still working on his minor league rehab in AAA, but he is getting close. He is probably about a week away. They just want him to get some more at-bats with their AAA team before they bring him up. Uh, The Mets begin a three-game series at Atlanta tonight. Tyler McGill, uh, the rookie, is going to get the start. And uh, the Nationals open a two-game series at home against the Tampa Bay Rays. This is a huge series for both these teams. The Washington Nationals have won seven of the last ten. They have gotten themselves right back in contention uh, seven of the last ten. They're actually 12 of the last 15. And they are back to 500, just three games behind the Mets. And if you're the Braves, you are 37-40. and 40, You are four and a half back. You've got the first-place Mets. That is a series that if you're the Braves, you've got to be looking at going, we've got to sweep or we've got to take two out of three. Of course, Atlanta had that huge setback this week. Mike Soroka, man, we talk about a freak injury. Soroka had... Uh, surgery to repair a torn Achilles tendon. And, you know, he wasn't doing any, he was just walking around the clubhouse. He's, you know, he's not playing yet. He's just still, you know, rehabbing. Just walking in the clubhouse, he felt the pop and that Achilles tendon tore again. So he's done for the year. And he's probably done until the middle of next year. He's going to have to have surgery for a second time to repair that Achilles tendon. So an already depleted Braves pitching staff now knows it will not have Mike Soroka at all this year, and that is an absolute killer for them. But, again, you've got the Mets, and you've got to, if you're going to contend, this is your time. You know, that American or then that National League East is a, you know what, you could say it's a five-horse race. It's probably a four-horse race, and even the Phillies are maybe uh, marginal. They're four games under five hundred and five back, but you just don't get the sense that the Phillies really have a chance in this one, especially, you know, after last night's game when the Phillies got absolutely drilled uh, by the Cincinnati Reds. The Phillies lost to the Reds last night, 12-4. Of course, uh, the Phillies led this game. 4-2 going into the bottom of the seventh, and the Phillies' bullpen absolutely imploded. They gave up four runs in the seventh and six runs in the eighth. Huh. And they, they lose 12-4. to Nick Castellanos last night with a grand slam home run in the seventh inning. Castellanos is absolutely unconscious this year. He might be the front runner for MVP in the National League. I mean, I think it's it's pretty clear right now that Vlad Guerrero would probably be your MVP in the American League. Castellanos is hitting 347. He was 3 for 5 last night, drove in 7. He's got 15 homers and 50 runs batted in and we're not even at the All-Star break. Uh you know, unless so unless he goes into a serious funk. That that's your leader in the clubhouse right now. Um for uh, uh, for National League MVP. But, you know, again, when you look at that, the Phillies' bullpen, and it has just been awful. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, you know, they took Hector Naris out of the closing spot. They put Archie Bradley in there. He wasn't so great. Now maybe they're getting back to Naris again. But, uh, you know, last night, 
they ran out four guys out of that bullpen, and they were just dreadful. Uh, huge series in the National League West. I watched a bit of this game last night. It was just too late. I'm too old. But uh, the Dodgers beat the San Francisco Giants last night. I lasted until I think it was the sixth inning, and I saw all the scoring there was to do in the game. The Dodgers win this game 3-2 to two over the Giants, despite the fact that the Giants out-hit the Dodgers 11-5. to five. All three of the runs, actually all five of the runs in this game, period, all came on solo home runs. The Dodgers got solo blasts. Mookie Betts hit one in the first. Uh, Max Muncy hit one in the first. And then Will Smith, a solo shot in the fourth. They only had two other hits in the game, and they were both singles off of Anthony DiScalfani, who pitched well but is a tough luck loser because his offense couldn't get anything going uh, or couldn't get anything going with runners in scoring position. Uh, San Francisco got solo homers from uh, Wade and Brandon Crawford. Crawford's 17th, an absolute bomb. It went about 450 feet uh, over this over the wall in center field, and that's a tough. That's another tough ballpark to hit one out of in San Francisco. Uh, so Crawford with his 17th, but uh, the Giants last night with runners in scoring position, 0 for 13. They left 11 runners on base in this game. So, look, you don't have to go any farther than that to see what happened in this game. Uh, Trevor Bauer was solid last night. Now he gave up eight hits, but uh, just two runs in six innings. He struck out eight. But that Dodger bullpen, which is so, so good, Gonzalez with a scoreless inning, Blake Trine in a scoreless inning, and then Kenley Jansen uh, did give up a hit in the ninth inning but picked up his 19th save of the season, lowered his ERA to 1.42. So, uh, and that was the eighth win of the year for Trevor Bauer. So with that result last night, the Dodgers pull a little bit closer. Now two and a half back of the Giants. The Padres idle last night. Uh, They are four back. But uh, the Giants have now lost two in a row. This is just a two-game series. It will conclude uh, tonight. Kevin Gaussman, who is 8-1 with a 1-4-9 ERA. That's the second lowest ERA in the National League behind, of course, just Jacob deGrom. Uh, and he will go against Walker Bueller, who is seven and one, with a two five one ERA. So eight and one against seven and one. This should be an absolute great game. I'll definitely be watching this one tonight. And uh, what a great race this is going to be going down the stretch with the Giants, the Dodgers, and the San Diego Padres. It's forty seven minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take another break. We'll come back to wrap things up. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 48 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Tuesday morning. Before we uh, get to a couple more games in Major League Baseball last night, the College World Series finals began last night, and uh, Vanderbilt defeated Mississippi State last night 8-2. Jack Leiter with a dominating performance again last night. Jack Leiter is a guy um, that, a lot of experts in these mock drafts that they have prior to the draft, which, by the way, is coming up in less than two weeks. Uh, a lot of people think that he is going to be the Red Sox pick. Uh, the Red Sox pick number four overall uh, in the upcoming draft. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, and, and people are excited about the idea, Lighter led the uh, the NCAA in strikeouts this season. Uh and he has shown that he has major league stuff. But again, 
understand this, Red Sox fans. If even if the Red Sox draft this kid number four overall, he is not coming to the Red Sox big club anytime soon. You know, to me, I mean, this is a guy that, uh, you know, only played really one full season of college baseball, right? You know, last night he was great. Struck out eight over six innings uh, in a dominating game. They got him out of there. But, you know, he throws hard. But if it, you know, we, we've seen in Major League Baseball, he throws 95, 96 miles an hour. It doesn't matter if your stuff isn't in the right place, if you don't have the location. And after a ser- you know, after one full season of college baseball, he is not ready for Boston. You know, I think at best, you know, if they draft him this year, you might see him in two years. Give him two years in the minors. If he's that good, he'll be up. But don't, you know, and with all the Red Sox pitching problems, the last thing I want to see on my social media feed after the draft is, okay, let's get him up here and give him a cup of coffee. And Let's not do that. If they do indeed draft Jack Leiter, leave him down there, let him do his thing. And, and uh, it, it, by all accounts, this kid is a can't miss. And if you're the Red Sox and you have the number four overall pick, you need to make sure, by the way, you get this pick right, whether it's him or, or there's a, a young catcher, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, that they think is one of the uh, – coll- he went to Louisville, and uh, I, I, the name is escaping me, but uh, uh, that they say is maybe the best offensive player in this draft. Whichever way you go, you've got to make sure that you get this right. You don't get the number four overall pick very often. you know. And if you're lucky, you never get the number one overall pick because that means you stink. Uh, and the Red Sox sure stunk last year, but it got him the number off four overall pick. And uh, I'm excited about Jack Leiter, but again, you you just got to know that he's not coming to Boston this year or next year, and maybe not even the year after that. You know, let's see. You know, let's give the kid a chance to breathe, please. All right, other games in baseball last night. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers with another win last night. It was their sixth in a row. This team is absolutely on fire. Uh, This was actually a good game until the eighth inning. This was a 4-4 game until the bottom of the eighth inning when the Milwaukee Brewers exploded for 10. Count them, 10 runs in that eighth inning. Uh, Willie Adamas, Keston Hira, both with three-run home runs in that 10-run eighth inning. Uh, Unreal. Uh, it's the most runs that the Brewers have scored uh, in an inning as long as uh, Craig Council has been their manager. Uh, it came off of Ryan Tapera and uh, the other reliever, McGill. McGill <laughs> didn't get anybody out, gave up four hits, walked two guys, and six runs. Uh, it was so bad that they had to bring Eric Sogard, a position player, in <laughs> to pitch uh, in the eighth inning when they were throwing up the white flag. And, and, you know, and the thing was is that this huge uprising, this game could have gone the other way. In the top of the eighth inning, the Cubs actually had the bases loaded against Devin Williams. And uh, Williams had given up a hit and walked two guys, but Williams gets out of it. So the Cubs lead, the bases loaded, and then you give up 10 in the bottom of the inning. It looked like you had a chance to win this game, and then all of a sudden 
uh, you get the rug pulled out from underneath you. So the, the Brewers absolutely on fire last night or, or this week. Uh, Garcia with three runs batted in. Willie Adamas had three runs batted in. Hero with four runs batted in. 15 hits for this uh, this Brewers team last night. The Cubs were held to just five. Uh, it'll be Zach Davies pitching for the Cubs today. Five and four, four three one ERA. Brandon Woodruff with a very stingy one eight nine ERA, um, the third lowest uh, in the National League, will pitch uh, for the Brewers tonight. So uh, the Cubs looking to turn things around because uh, the Brewers with those six straight wins now with a four-game lead because the Cubs have gone the other direction. They've lost four in a row. Uh, the Cardinals able to right things last night. The Cardinals uh, had been in a free fall. They had lost six of the last seven, but they come back to beat the Arizona Diamondbacks last night 7-1. to And you're saying to yourself, well, doesn't everybody beat them? Well, this was a 1-1 game, a six-run, a six-run seventh inning for the Cardinals, the difference in this one. Uh, Paul DeYoung, a uh, home run in that seventh inning, the difference uh, in this one. And the Cardinals, uh, thank God, find a way to win this one because you just can't be losing to the Diamondbacks. Uh, Wade LeBlanc got the start for St. Louis. Went the first four and a third. Uh, it was his first National League start in like uh, eight years when he was with the Miami Marlins. Uh, and then a series of relievers for the Cardinals, six of them, come in and give up just three hits and no runs. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos ends up getting credited with the win uh, because he pitched a scoreless inning before the outburst. So Gallegos picks up his fifth win out of the bullpen, uh, and uh, the St. Louis Cardinals beat the Diamondbacks 7-1 as the Cardinals try to uh, right the ship. You know, the Cardinals are a team that uh, they don't finish under 500 very often. Uh, matter of fact, I think the last time they finished under 500 might have been like six or seven years ago. Um, so they're trying to get this thing figured out. They do have some help on the way. Harrison Bader, who has that uh, hairline fracture uh, of his ribs, is on his way to Memphis uh, to finish off his rehab assignment, and uh, hopefully they will get him back probably sometime the end of this week, maybe by the weekend, so that's good news for the Cardinals. They will send Carlos Martinez, who has been dreadful. He's got a five-game losing streak. He's got an ERA of almost seven. He'll get the start for the Cardinals tonight. Uh, Caleb Smith will get the start for the Diamondbacks. Uh, one other quick note. Last night, um, the Cleveland Indians, a night after Josh Naylor, their outfielder, severely broke his ankle in an outfield collision. Uh, the Indians were able to come back and uh, – uh, get a win last night. They beat the Detroit Tigers 13-5. to Jose Ramirez, uh, a home run and five runs batted in in this one. But uh, Josh Naylor is out for the year. Matter of fact, he's in the hospital. Uh, it's uh, It was ugly. They, he had to be carried off, and they had an air cast on him before he ever got uh, to the dugout. So, um, you know, just uh, say a couple of prayers for him that it doesn't end up ending his career. You know, it's not quite as bad as what happened to Alex Smith in the NFL, but it was still uh, a pretty ugly-looking injury. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back on Thursday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some music from Jody Messina. I'm all right. Have a great day. We'll see you on Thursday. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.